Amen. Is anybody having fun today? Awesome. Well, let me pray for us, and, and we'll dive in together. Just a, just a brief thought today, reflection for us to look at, and uh, I think a worthwhile reflection. So uh, bow your heads with me, and just open your hearts um, just to the ministry of God's Spirit through the proclamation of the Word, the Scriptures. Lord, thank you for... Um, being a communicator. Thank you that it's your desire to make yourself known. We thank you that even the heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament, the stars are declaring, they're pointing beyond themselves to an amazing, gracious, loving, brilliant creator. We thank you, Father, that when you wanted to show most poignantly what you were like, you sent your Son to show us in living color, 3D, 4D, I don't know, exactly what you're like. And we thank you that we find Jesus here at Cornerstone Church and all over the nations irresistible. You are so amazing, Jesus. We love you. We ask that your beauty, your radiance, your love and kindness would be shown clearly today and that we would be marked and transformed because of our encounter with your love. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. You know, I, I'm learning as I, as I read and I study, and I, for those of you who don't know, sorry, I, I like to do this about every week because we have new people joining us all the time. My name is Chad, and I'm, I'm one of the pastors here. And on behalf of my wife and I, Haley, who's working in the nursery right now, we just want to say thank you for having courage to come to a strange building with strange people. I mean, let's be real together. <laughs> Singing songs about someone maybe you've heard about or maybe you think he's a comic book figure or a figment of your imagination, this, this man named Jesus, the Son of God. But I just want to say thank you for taking the risk and making the effort to come on a Sunday and um, to be in this place. And so we just want to welcome you, and we are... Um, are, we're really simple around here. Jesus changes everything. He takes our sins and he gives us forgiveness. He takes our broken lives and he, through his goodness, re begins to restore us together from the inside out. And uh, yeah, I cry about every week because it just doesn't ever get old when I think about um, that Jesus is amazing. And... Uh, we're so interested in helping you find your way to him by sharing that he has come all the way to find you. Because he was actually never lost, we were. <laughs> and he came after us, and he's by his mercy drawing all creation to himself. And we, as those who are called out to respond to his voice and invitation, are then sent into the world to be those who invite others come what he did in me, he can do in you. And so we just celebrate the Lord's goodness. And if in any way, shape, or form, you have experienced in fresh, um, just a fresh, up-to-date sense of God's loving kindness, even just in this new year, can you just lift your hand? You've been, you've been a recipient. You've seen God do something new and exciting in your life. Look at those hands. Um, central to who we are is that 
that even though, yes, we lift high the cross, the place where the principalities and powers were drained of their authority over the earth, we also celebrate what happened three days later, that he rose with all authority. And so we celebrate the God who is, as one great author put it, out and about. He is loose, moving on all creation by his spirit and goodness and grace. And so he's always doing new and surprising things in our life if we'll have eyes to see. Amen. So I just want to reflect just briefly. Um, you know, um, I'm learning what, what, what uh, um, spiritual father, Pastor Ron, w- w- the last couple years of his life, we, we would we started sort of planning some of the sermon series and where we were, where we were headed as a church together. And he would always um, use this metaphor that's really helpful. He, whenever he would plan out how to take the church on a journey over a year or an 18-month period, he would talk about the diet of the congregation. And no, he wasn't talking about hamburgers or vegan or whatever, but just a steady, healthy, balanced. And so admittedly, Every pastor and leader, man or woman, or, or really believer, sort of has their lane that they stick to. Does that make sense? I'm sort of, when I read the scriptures, I always get, gravitate towards this one thing, if that makes sense. But I'm learning the importance of stepping out of my one thing and giving attention to other things. And today is one of those other things that, no, I don't ignore. I sort of talk about it about every week, but I want to just pause very specifically, and give 25 minutes to this one thing, and that is this. You are completely and perfectly loved by a Father in heaven who knows your name, he knows the amount of hairs on your head, he's already written a book about your life, and there's not a thing you can do about it. You're just loved. You are precious and treasured, and you are, from heaven's perspective, desired with a more fervent desire than you can even ascribe with a million adjectives. That you are loved. I know that sounds pretty fundamental, it's because it is, but Usually, out of our own brokenness, we reflect back onto God what we think he's like. And most of my life, I have been a recovering legalist. Do I have anybody in the house? And it's because when I came to Jesus, or when he came to me at 16 years old, and it was, it was, it was born out of a good place. I'm going to go on record to say, but I was such a good sinner, I wanted to be equally or better at being a saint. <laughs> and so, <laughs> that's sort of a funny way to put it, but, and so I would get up at 6 a.m. and I would pray an hour in the mornings and I would, I would read my Bible an hour a day and just, as a young man, so fervent for God and and then I went on this journey at like 18, 19, where I wasn't burnt out, but I began to think and I began to, to question, am I doing this out of an awareness of his love for me, or am I doing this because I sense a lack of his love for me? And on and through my 20s, 
and then college, and then graduation, and then working at a church, and then resigning and traveling the country, and now being a dad of several children. (laughs) I'm learning to... I'm learning to go back and to realize that there is nothing either height nor depth, neither life or death, neither angels or demons, neither sickness or health can ever separate me or you from the love of a father. And we find this in the life of Jesus, by the way, because he's the perfect human. We find that in the life and the ministry of Jesus, before he did One miracle before he turned water into wine, before he healed one blind, two blind eyes or deaf ears, before he raised his first dead person, before he invited sinners to sit at his table, before he cast out any demons, before he wowed the religious leaders with his expertise and how he handled the scriptures, before he did anything of what we would think would be significance. The father spoke what he thought of his son over his son, and I'm convinced that word over his life was the bedrock and driving force for his entire ministry. And I'm convinced that if we will hear the declaration of our father over us, that that declaration, if we'll listen to it enough day in and day out, will begin to infuse and inform our every breath and our every step. Living out of the pleasure and love of our Father frees us from bowing or tuning in to any other voice to try to earn our way to our God, to live out of fear of what people think or insecurity or listening to that real that plays of the failure of our past, that if we'll listen to the voice of our Father, all of those voices will begin to fade to the background and we will begin to live confident lives that are clear on one thing, if one thing only, that we are utterly and completely loved by God. And there is nothing and no one, not your worst day or your best day, that will ever fluctuate heaven's perspective toward you, which is you are mine, you are wanted, you are desired, and you are loved by God. That's good preaching. So Jesus in Mark's gospel breaks onto the scene. For 30 years, you, if you know your Bible stories, he lives in what we would by all intents and purposes call obscurity. I would call God's wisdom because he was a working man for probably at least 18 years of his life. So anyone who thinks Jesus only has something to offer us in regards to our spiritual life, we are gravely mistaken. He was an apprentice of a trade, undoubtedly had calluses on his hands, Come on. Which is to say God in Christ has filled all of life with his light. 
and with his purpose. And if you're a working person, that should touch you today before we even get to the text. And if you're not a working person, and if that ache in your heart, if you're looking for a job, it also speaks to the fact that we were made for good work. Amen? We were made. Work and vocation was not a result of the fall. It was affected by the fall. But how many know he gave the garden couple a vocation to work and to till before they took the fruit of the tree they were forbidden to take, which is to say work when done in right alignment with Jesus as the center and the king work is incredibly important for a whole healthy person. Does that make sense? And so whether you're in that season looking for work, we believe that God has ways to open doors that no man or woman can shut. And so if that's you, know that that ache and that longing is not just you feel bad, it's because you were made for it. And we want to believe that God would open jobs and opportunities for you if that connects with your heart today. Maybe you're on the other end of the spectrum. You're retired, and so now you have this whole new Eventually, you get sick of working on your handicap on the greens. Maybe after a couple of years. I don't know. And that even in retirement, that there is, quote, work in the gospel through Jesus that he has for you. And so wherever you're at on that spectrum, you were made to live a life of meaning and significance. And that meaning and significance, the message today, must flow from your Keen awareness that you are chosen, treasured, loved, and that God is for you and not against you. And so here's Jesus after 30 years of everything I just described, working, and going to synagogue, and no doubt, you can see it, being a man and being formed by the story of his people. Jesus is thoroughly saturated in the story of Israel God's rescuing plan. And now here he comes after he sees his wild cousin, John, preaching a message of repentance and baptizing and people are just flocking to this crazy haired camel skin wearing locust and honey eating prophet. And when Jesus sees all of Israel respond, he knows that he too must respond. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth. It was about 70 miles from Jerusalem, I've been there, but he comes to be baptized by John, which is to say, to be fully immersed into God's oper- at rescue operation, God's plan for Israel and by extension for the world, and he's baptized, and just as Jesus is coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove, and a voice came from heaven Read this with me. You are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. And I am convinced, and Jesus, after this story, will be driven into the wilderness of temptation. And then he starts his ministry. And Mark uses this word 42 times immediately and And suddenly, and Mark is just a gospel that is at sprint level pace. But here before all of it, the heavens open, his father speaks, the spirit descends, and I am convinced Jesus received 
again, the foundation for his entire life and ministry. That he's the son. That he is loved. That the father is pleased with him. And my desire today, in, in, in very clear terms, is that you would have an experience with God today. That when those heavens were torn at Jesus' baptism, they've never been closed again. When they were torn, Isaiah's prayer of an exiled people waiting for God to act, oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. That the heavens have been torn forever over creation so that now all of those who put their trust in Jesus can hear that same voice that he heard. You are my child. I love you. Because you're in my son, I am completely pleased with you. And, you know, we can grow up and get mature and Memorize a bunch of chapters of the Bible. I've memorized chapters and read. and You can get degrees and get a bunch of letters after your name, but until you hear the voice of your father, you will spend your whole life trying to gain or to get favor instead of realizing you already have it through Jesus. You could spend your whole life trying to earn your way to God did I cross the T's? Did I dot enough I's? Did I do enough good deeds? Did I, is my language clean enough? Did I perform well enough? And what if the good news today is before you get into the rat race of all that I'm describing, that right here, whatever today is, on January 28th, you could hear the voice of the Father's love that would set you on a trajectory and a path that is not filled with striving for, but living from a place of being accepted in God through Jesus. That's my simple prayer. What is this father who wants to speak over us today like? That's a fair question, isn't it? What's he like? Well, in my devotions earlier this week, I just had fun. You can look up commentaries. I didn't. I just kind of said, Holy Spirit, I know your word. Remind me of all the places where I learn about how the Father and what he's like. And so we're just going to do a little fun rapid fire, if that's okay with you. Is that okay with you? So what is the Father like? I even put it there, rapid fire. (laughs) The Father that Jesus reveals is a Father who doesn't shame us in our rebellion, but runs to us in it to wrap his loving arms around us Not to overlook our sin or to excuse it, but to absolve it in his forgiving mercy and love. Our father is a father who is not aloof to our sorrows. Imagine the pain that he felt when he was separated from his son when he became sin. And that same father can come to you today, no matter what you're facing, to breathe and to give his comfort in all of your troubles. We serve a father of heavenly lights, James chapter 1. That it says that every good and perfect gift comes from the father. 
The father that Jesus reveals is a father not with grubby hands, but a benevolent, generous father who lavishly pours out on both believer and unbeliever, rain in due season, sun in due season, grace that draws and awakens hearts to the saving reality of Jesus. That's the father Jesus reveals. The father who longs to pour out the lavish blessings that flow by faith in Jesus. We serve a father who is holy, which is a way to say he is utterly and strikingly unique and beautiful from every angle. How many know maybe your earthly father had like a grumpy side and a not so, not as grumpy side and maybe an occasional happy side and maybe you had a father that was good at speaking life over you. Maybe your father never said I love you. But you and I, the father that Jesus reveals is utterly beautiful and unique in all of his ways, in his discipline, he is good. In his grace and mercy, is good. In his holiness, is good. So to say that our Father is holy is to say he is completely consistent every day of the week. He never shifts and he never changes. He is always solid. Maybe you had a father that you never knew. Maybe he, was, he struggled or your mother or whoever your guardians were. And you never knew what you were going to get when you come home. Not your heavenly Father. He is holy. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is a place of solace and security in your brokenness. You don't have to be afraid of your father, that God in Christ reveals a father that is utterly beautiful. And in that beauty, he invites us in all that is not like him. When it's in the place of being in his holiness, he begins by his love to mold and to melt those things away so that we increasingly look like our father who is holy. We have a father who is in heaven, which is to say, like cosmic size, my dad is bigger than your dad. <laughs> Remember that on the playground? <laughs> Remember, you know, you, see, you can just see it, a scene in a movie, and the bully, you know, the bully can't see the dad behind the bully, and he, I'm not afraid. Times infinitely more, our father's in heaven. He's got the posture and place of supremacy and victory. This is the father that wants to speak love over you. We have a father who has a really big family. We have a father whose love is present enough and powerful enough that every man, woman, boy, and girl in Christ, every nation, ethnicity, culture, all of the beauty and diversity of the nations, that the father is big enough and his love is powerful enough and abundant enough that all of us can derive our name from one father. It's pretty good. I mean, I'm limited. I don't know how many I could have in my house, not the father that Jesus reveals his love is infinite and unstoppable. That, that the Father, listen, that because of the, the work of Jesus, because he lived out his calling to be the beloved servant of the Father's will, you and I have access to the Father wherever we're at, no matter what we're going through, 24-7, 365, we have access to the provision of our loving, caring, nurturing, all-powerful, all-knowing Father, 24 and 7. We also have a father that unlike me and like every other earthly father, they are complete, he is completely consistent in his discipline. And he never disciplines us out of a place of, um, without seeing our end from where we are currently at. He always disciplines us with hands that say, come on, let's work on that. 
Let's, because that's not why I redeemed you through my son. I redeemed you so you could experience fullness of life, not just once, but on into all eternity. And so he disciplines us and he chastises us, not out of a place of grumpiness, but out of a deep sense of love. He knows what is best for us and we can trust that when he comes and he lovingly rebukes and he reveals things that are sucking the life out of us instead of giving and letting the life of Christ flow through us, the Father comes in totally consistent discipline to shape us so that we can participate in his beauty. That's what holiness is. Holiness is not a big list of do's and don'ts. Holiness is the very life of God, which is like lifetimes infinity. Life as we were meant to experience it. This is the Father Jesus reveals. The Father who no matter how devoted we are to him, he never bats a cosmic eye in his devotion that everyone who is in his son through faith to then form his son in that person. He's completely, completely sold out that if you're in Christ, he will never stop taking us into places that he knows alone can shape us and form us so that we can resemble the perfect son of God. How many know that's a journey? It's a long journey, but it's a journey the Father never, ever, ever stops taking us on and drawing us towards. He's saying, my son showed you not just what God is like. He showed you what humanity was meant to be like. And so I am never stopping this lifelong journey of transforming you by my mercy and my love and my power every single day until when I see you, you're going to be shocked. First John 3, you're going to be just like him. To some of you, that should be really good news. I'm sorry, to all of us, that should be really good news. A father who's totally consistent and disciplined and totally devoted to the process. How many started a new exercise? Don't don't raise your hand. We want to keep this generally positive today. Unlike our diet habits or exercise aspirations, the father never takes a day off. He is so consistent and always present. All right, come on. Here's a goodie. A father whose vocal cords never get tired of rejoicing over his sons and daughters. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He rejoices over you with loud singing. He quiets you with this love. and He never gets tired of singing. I don't know about you. I get tired of singing sometimes. Sometimes it's hard to find a song, not your father in heaven. He has an endless love song being sounded over your life. The father who loves you is also the father that at every moment can save you no matter what you're going through. That's the father Jesus reveals and the father who's speaking over us. This is a good one, I think. I was just getting out of my devotions this week. We have a father who what he did for his son, he does for every one of those who have faith in his son. That Jesus' resurrection, Jesus, the scriptures call him the first fruits or the firstborn over all creation, that what God has done in Christ, he will do for us at the end of the age. For, for those of us in this room who believe in the death, resurrection, and life-giving grace of Jesus, that means death is not the end. Maybe you have a beloved, a someone that's gone before you in death, that God in Christ, his destiny is our destiny. So his resurrection was a foretaste of what will be true of all of us who are in Jesus. That death is not the end. That what God the Father has done in raising up his son, he will do for everyone who puts their faith in his son. 
with life that has no shelf life. That's the good news of the gospel. He raises us, those who have their faith, those who are in Christ to life and those not to non-life. That's a good one. And I like this. This is a pretty decent one too. The Father who is great in love and rich in mercy. I think that's my last one. It was not an exhaustive list, but this is, this is the Father that Jesus came to reveal. And then if you'll listen today, the Father who wants to speak his love over you. When Moses asked to see God, this is an amazing thought. God said, no one can see me and live. I'm like, you ever see those bug zappers? Come on. <laughs> you know, come on, you know, to do that with me, you know. <laughs> to infinitely more, what would happen to humanity without a mediator with the radiance and beauty and glory of God? Remember, he's holy. He's totally not like us. But look at this. But look at this. I love this. But, but to Moses, who wanted to see God's glory, he's like, you can see my back, because it's like not apparently as shiny as his front. I don't know. Whatever. That's good theology, I think. But look at this, what happens when it, when it happens. It's so cool. This is awesome. My last Bible verse, and then we're going to pray and ask the Father to speak over every son and daughter today. <laughs> it's somewhere. I know it's somewhere right here. Will somebody help me? I'm so prepared, as you can tell. I had the Bible verse here. Oh, 34, 67, thank you. The Lord came down in the cloud and he stood and he proclaimed his name, which obviously in, in that culture, in the Jewish culture, your name was the revelation of who you are on the inside, your nature. And here's what God reveals through his name, which is really to say who he is on the inside. This is even, this is the best, it's so good. He passed in front of Moses saying, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, Slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yes, there are consequences for choosing to stay in your sin and rejecting his invitation to life. There is wrath, but God in Christ has made a way that his grace and his love could ravish and transform us from the inside out today. So what is the Father like? The Father whose voice we hear in the Gospels three times. Once at the Son's baptism, this is my Son whom I love. With Him I'm well pleased. Once when Jesus said, glorify your name, Father, before He went to the cross, and the Father says, I have glorified it. And another time on the mountain when Jesus was transfigured, the father was a broken record. He said the same thing, essentially, to the three disciples. This is my son whom I love. With him I'm well pleased. But he added something. Listen to him. <laughs> That's good theology. Listen to Jesus. And my question to you today and to me, have you heard the voice? I'm not, this is not some freaky, mystical. Have you heard the voice of a father that says, you are my child. The father that I just gave like 12 bullet points and there's infinitely more of who he is and what he's like. 
but the Father that, according to Scripture, Jesus perfectly reveals to all of humanity, the good Father who loves us. And so here's how we're going to end. It was really neat when I went to Israel in, uh, when did I go? November. I've baptized a lot of people over the years, but it's kind of neat baptizing people in the Jordan River. <laughs> I mean, just saying. <laughs> but something shifted. Usually, you know, you do the liturgy, you baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and that's decent. Jesus told us to do that. But at one point, Pastor Dave and I, and it was the Holy Spirit, I mean, there were like 50 people. But at one point, we shifted from just the traditional, we baptize you, and, and we began to speak over every person being baptized. You are my son, whom I love, or you are my daughter, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. And I'm telling you, it just changed the whole, when people, it was just the coolest thing ever. And so what I want to do, I want Pastor Ken, I want everyone on the prayer team, get on up here. Don't wait for me to call you by name. Get up here. I need like 15 or 20 people. I need a lot of people. Come on up, Veronica. Come on up, Aaron and Annette and Debbie. And, and uh, it's cheesy. Maybe, you just, maybe it won't be meaningful to you, but I felt like we were supposed to do it this week. Come on up, Leah and Peter. Come on up, Aaron and Brittany. I need you. Come on. And what we're going to do, leaders, is we're just going to spread out so people don't have to do what we did for communion. And if they want to, they can come out their aisle. And what I want you to do for them is I want you just to say, whether they're a guy or a girl, obviously, you are my son. With you, I am well pleased. And part of what I think we miss when we talk about the body of Christ is that Jesus literally, it's a metaphor, but he literally believes and he administers his grace through each of us to each other. And it's something that I think we've only scratched the surface on, but we're going to dive into those waters ever more in the days, weeks ahead, that God wants to actually communicate his message, yes, through Jesus, who is the head, the king of the church, but then at an everyday level, through his body agreeing with what he's saying. And I believe that, yeah, you know, you're like, Chatty, you don't know my story. I'm, I just made a mess. But by you coming to these people, Jesus does not ignore our sin. He just, he's the lamb that takes it away. He's the lamb that is paid for it, that through his blood you are forgiven and free. And so maybe it doesn't connect with everybody. Maybe you don't think you need to hear it today. But I just want to make it available for two minutes. If you want to come, guys, if you can just spread out the aisles so people could just come and just spread, if we could have a couple at the balcony, but just come to these people that represent that father that spoke over the son in baptism. You are my son or daughter. With you, I am well pleased. So come on up, church, if you want, just as a way to say, you know what, I want to live out of that voice today and let these, your family members, speak that identity and blessing over you, and then we'll close in prayer. You want to spread out to the side a little bit just so there's many people, plenty of, plenty of space. You are my son or my daughter. With you, I am well pleased. Just receive that blessing of a father again today. He loves you. He's for you. He treasures you. It doesn't get any better than this to hear. You're my son or you're my daughter. 
With you I am well pleased. church it's not just some little exercise it's our lifeline Jesus is our lifeline amen realizing you're completely loved accepted in God through Christ there's nothing like it on any day of the week you are loved and you're cherished by a father who has good plans for you Jesus said this and it's the most one of the most pointed things he said in all of history Jesus said this, read this with me in verse six. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. But God in Christ, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That even though the way is narrow and the truth is specific, and the life only flows through him. The cosmic shape and size of his love is for the world. 
narrow, but the invitation is all-encompassing. Everyone is invited to me through my son, Jesus. Can you stand with me? I just want to send us out with a blessing. My prayer that even as we are leaving in Christ, hooked up to him through faith, that like Jesus, this could be our testimony, that they would see the Father. Look at this testimony. Jesus said, he cried aloud, whoever believes in me, believes not in me, but in him who sent me, which is my Father. But look at this, this is my benediction, that this would become true of us increasingly every day. Whoever, read it with me, whoever sees me, sees him who sent me. One more time, whoever sees me, sees him who sent me. So grace does not, it accepts us as we are, but it doesn't leave us as as we are. Come on, that's good preaching. It transforms us so that with ever increasing glory, we can begin to reflect the one who sends us now. That when they see us, they see him. If that's something you want us to receive, can you just, just lift your hands and say, I receive that blessing today. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that you send us now to live out of our acceptance in the Father's love, our belovedness through the Son, and Father, that we would learn to live out of that declaration more than any other word that we hear or is spoken over our life, that we live from a place of being loved, cherished, and accepted, which frees us from trying to get into a place of being cherished, loved, and accepted. Father, I pray for that divine switch in the hearts of your people and that, Lord, the result would be many, many people throughout this week ahead of us would experience that same love of a father through your church. So go now in the grace of Christ and the power of his spirit as you are being sent now to bear witness to his love and grace in your everyday life. In Jesus' name, we all said amen. Amen.